Oh, hey, good to see you. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant. My name is Russ Freshtick. Welcome back to The Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. This week, we're talking about Double Dragon Gaiden, Rise of the Dragons, a new Double Dragon game, and the greatest surprise of all, a good Double Dragon game. They did it. After decades of ups and downs, we are at a place of good drubble, drubble, double dragon games. <laughs> drubble, drubble, toil and trouble. You have something that you want to talk about. Okay, so, yeah, real quick. Um, you know, you get to a certain age, and it's a good idea, especially if you have children, to get your, uh, I guess estate figured out so that oh. if something untoward were to happen, nothing would be the problem, you know. Um, so I found myself in a lawyer's office re- very recently figuring out like pretty basic boilerplate estate, you know, will stuff. And so I'm leaving and I, do, you know, these days I don't spend a lot of time in offices, but it's a picture like a very traditional lawyer's office with very traditional lawyerly looking people hammers gavels hammers gav you know it and so i'm leaving the office and i'm in the elevator and there's another guy in the elevator with me and i'm standing there and as the elevator doors are closing someone else starts running into the elevator to like hop on with us it's another guy okay and the other guy says hey gil and the guy that's in the elevator with me goes Hey, man, how's it going? And the other guy goes, so, man, what's going on in Gilville? And Gil says, not a mucho, man, not a mucho. It was like I was (laughs) on another planet. I don't know how it happened. It was like I was dropped into a Truman Show sketch, and it was... Unbelievable. Did they invite you in? Like, did, did they turn to you without blinking and just say, hey, who's ready for some fresh dick? As in breakfast. As in I speak German. No. No, they for, didn't. No. Russ Yeah, that, no, that wouldn't even Phil. work. That would be too, like, clever. Not, not to say that what I said was clever. It's not. It's not. But it, it needs to be even simpler. I mean, Gilville, you just can't beat Gilville. You I've never can't. heard that before. First of all, I don't think I've ever met someone named Gil. So part one right there. Secondly, someone unironically calling them Gilville and then them saying, oh, not a mucho. It was uh, just a, a glowing moment. I don't even know. I feel like we could go to Griffland and Just Town. You know, Griffland. and run the besties. Griffland and what Just What is Griffland? Town. Griffin and Justin. Griff land. Griff. I don't know. No, this it is... needs to rhyme. The two words need to rhyme. Gilville. I've never felt Griff more... Biff. I have never felt more defeated than my inability to come up with something. You can't. Than uh, here's the thing. You can't match the perfect scenario, which I just described to you. There's no way to match it. You can't best it. You can't yes end it. You just need to bask in the glow of, hey man, hey, what's up in Gilville? Not a mucho. You just need it's to like, bask not a mucho. in. I'm just here to get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> that would have actually been better. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about today? We have to take a break. Right yeah, after this. But, but, but what's after the what's after the break? 
I've already told people we're gonna talk about Double Dragon Gaiden. Remember, oh we had God. a whole flub around it. Double Dragon and Gaiden. And you flubbed again. Rise of it. the Dragons. <laughs> we're gonna talk about it right <laughs> after the break, and I absolutely can't fucking wait. See you okay. on the other side. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties okay we're back double dragon gaiden this one caught me by surprise you you sent me a link to this and i i did not have double dragon on my dance card for 2023 like at all i kind of figured they just stopped making these um Double Dragon for we should probably give like a little bit of history. Double sure. Dragon is not the first beat 'em up, but I would say it's the first really popular one in America. Um, it is the game that is eating lots of young people's quarters in arcades. Um, it sets the stage for Streets of Rage and all of those Konami games like the Simpsons Arcade and X Men Arcade to become really, really popular. Um, but Double Dragon itself is very 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 simple um even for a beat-em-up it's very simple um you're just two dudes out kicking some ass uh and and that's it i i mean it they made more of them they made a really really awful movie and i say that as somebody who genuinely likes the street fighter and the mario brothers movie um that one was pretty bad but now we're back and the uh I guess it's like the licensor, Arc System Works, had a good idea, which was let's give the property to an indie developer who has a knack for making this sort of game. So did you did you know about the game that the developer of this secret base made before Double Dragon Gaiden? I didn't, but before we get on into that, I do want to give a little bit of background on Arc System Works. Mm. So Arc System Works made uh Double Dragon 4 which came out in 2017 and it got absolutely shredded. Uh, Let's see, Metacritic, like a 50 on Metacritic, six out of 10. IGN awarded it a 3.5 out of 10. This was in 2017. Wow. So, So at this point, Arc System Works, and again, like, you know, 
that's the publisher and developer of uh, Double Dragon 4, was like, maybe we need someone else. And uh, yeah, so they turned to this other developer. So what is their background? So this developer before this made a game called Devil's Dare. I I believe that they made that and then redid it for a game called Streets of Red Devil's Dare Redux. Okay. And that game... I think popped off pretty well on Steam. And it is a kind of a classic 2D pixely beat em up, um, but mashing in a lot more horror so that it looks somewhere between um, uh, the game that you like with the visuals that I can't take. Uh, Binding of Isaac? Binding of Isaac, yeah. Somewhere between like Binding of Isaac and Slaughterhouse. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, and it it did pretty well. Um, and it looks very similar to what would become Double Dragon Gaiden. Um, I, I think this is becoming a trend as publishers realize that there's a lot of very talented developers out there who are, you know, just at the beginning of their careers and they've made an indie release and now they want to take that next step and they need the funding to do that. And an IP is a way for them to do it. It's not so unlike what we see in, you know, like movies with uh, indie directors giving, you know, a Marvel project, except in this case, it looks like they were actually allowed to like make the game they wanted to make rather than Marvel movies where you would never know anybody is making them other than the producers. Um, but yeah, what did you what did you think about? It? Do you want to talk about kind of how it works? Because it it has some pretty unusual and new choices for a beat em up game. Sure. So, yeah, it is at, at its core. I think it plays very similar to what you would expect from a double dragon game. You know, it's a side scrolling beat em up. You're punching guys. You've got like attack combos, but it's very simple. And, you know, you kind of move through these levels and punch a lot of guys in the face. But the meta game of Double Dragon Gaiden is actually pretty complicated. It has elements of a roguelike insofar as when you start a run, you kind of uh, basically start from scratch at the beginning of like whatever, you know, an initial level. And at the end of each level, you can pick perks, which will assist you in the run that you're on. And you either eventually win the run or if you, let's say, die a bunch of times, you can spend currency to like get continues, if you will. And this is free, you know, in-game currency. This is not like real money currency. Or you can decide to cash out and start completely from scratch again, converting some of that currency into tokens, which you can then use to unlock content in the game. So uh, playable characters or co- uh, like concept art or music and stuff like that. So there's a very interesting flow to it where you're deciding, oh man, this run is going terribly. So I'm just gonna cash out and try to get as many tokens as I, as I can to unlock a bunch of characters um, and uh, do maybe do another run and more successfully like get deeper into the game. Yeah, and and the other thing that's kind of roguelike about it is, you I think there's like four main campaign locations. Yeah, I think and there's five in five, total. Yeah, you you can pick between them, so you don't have to go in in the same order. And the order in which you pick them 
it applies greater difficulty to those yeah. areas and I think even like lengthens those stages. Yeah. So so the first area you pick will only be one stage. The second area will be two stages and the enemies will be harder, so on and so forth until you've played through all four stages and then there's a, kind of a final stage. So yeah, it does change. You'll see different levels uh, if you play a mission earlier versus later, basically. Yeah. So, again, the combat of a double dragon is itself not my favorite thing. It is so simple. And that's that's still kind of true here. Though it has, I don't know if, uh, is Smash Brothers the best comparison? It has these kind of like special abilities for each character that you can Okay, use. so this is the thing that maybe I am most impressed with about this game. There is a mechanic in this game that kind of rewrites how beat-em-ups work. And I actually would love to see it in other games. Basically, if you've played a beat-em-up before, you know the experience of, oh, no, I'm low on health. Hopefully, I find some food. Oh, yeah. And then you, like, punch a barrel, and there's, like, a turkey under the barrel, and you eat the turkey, and you regain all your health. And that's still here. Like, you will still some sometimes find food under barrels and various other things. But you can guarantee getting a food drop if you do something called a crowd control move, which is basically you basically kill like three or more guys in one hit. So usually this is while you're using a special move. Let's say your character pulls out a rocket launcher and like blows up three guys at once. They will automatically drop like a chicken leg or something like that. And the more people you can pull into the crowd control, the better the health drop. Yeah, you'll get like a full turkey if you do five in a row. Yeah, so and, it creates scenarios where you actually want to accrue enemies on the screen and then kind of like shepherd them. Yeah, like herd into them little together. packs and then, you know, blast them away. Yeah, it's really smart. And it also ties into some of the uh, challenges in the game as you're playing for each level as you're playing, you'll be given a challenge of like complete five crowd control moves in one stage, for example. So you are further incentivized to do these things beyond just like, oh, I'm going to get a healing item for it. See, I thought you were going to say another, I think, really clever design bit that solves the, oh, I'm about to die problem in these sorts of games is you can tag team, kind of like in a tag team fighting game like Marvel versus Capcom yep. or, or something. You it pick two characters at the beginning of the game. And I think the game starts with four characters to pick from. Yes. And you pair up two, and basically at any time that your power bar is full, which is like the bar that you would use to use a power move, and these things, it fills very, very, very quickly. Um, you can optionally trigger a switch out where your character who is in will step aside and a new character will step in. What is interesting about that is that doesn't guarantee that the character who wants to, you know, step out is safe. They do step aside and stay on the screen for a moment. And if you don't kind of land an initial attack, that's an opportunity for the enemies to kind of keep wailing on the character that should be getting out for safety. Um, so you want to be very careful about when you make that switch because you can end up with two characters taking damage. And then while characters are out, uh, they actually recover. And there's like some health uh, system where they, I don't think you can recover like full health, but there's like a certain degree of health that you can recover while your character's out. So yeah. it motivates you or incentivizes you to 
switch back and forth between two different character types. And also, each of the characters, and this is the big thing, like I said, one character on its own, pretty straightforward. Each of the characters, of which there are 13, is pretty different. I was not um, expecting the variance in characters, but there is, yeah, a pretty huge difference between them. Yeah, I mean, just from the top, the you have the two double dragon dudes. One is like more of a uh, striker, and one is a bit more of a grappler. And then the um, the what woman, is the difference between a striker and a grappler? I've never heard those stri- terms before. Like striker is like you're like going in with like swift punches and kicks. Grappling yeah. is more like grab moves and pound moves. Oh yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, and then yeah, the you mentioned the woman who has the rocket launcher and a pistol and is more of like a distance character. Yeah, so that's um, that's a character. If you've wa- if you've played the original Double Dragon, she's the one that gets like punched in the face in the first three seconds and then kidnapped. Yes. So. Thankfully, we've evolved beyond that to the point where, I mean, she has like a gun and a rocket launcher and stuff. It is a little bit funny to see this character like fully unloading on mostly unarmed people, (laughs) but uh, that's okay. It's all cartoon, whatever. Yeah, and and it gets sillier from there. Like there is both of us very quickly discovered the muscle dude who takes up like a third of the screen it's a bobo who is who is a mainstay of the franchise uh, he's been in every game and yeah he's enormous yes and um there was a dude with like um i think nunchucks or like some sort of striking weapons um yeah they're all just really fun you can unlock all out the how all the bosses are playable for example yeah yeah, yeah. Now, I think finding out how to like kind of mix and match them and also figuring out which one works best in which level. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have not done like multiple complete runs through the game, but I have a feeling the type of combo of characters that you pick will inform the order that you want to do the stages in because there are going to be some that have some platforming where you do not want a big bulky guy playing the hardest version of that level. You want to get that one out the way earlier um but then having you know the kind of more nimble striker with powerful jumps has an advantage in that sort of level um yeah it's it is a game that I, there's not a lot of wasted space in it i think some people might find it almost too simple um and be wondering where like more like level content is um, but I, again, I think that's just part of the dynamic of a lot of roguelike games, um, that the, the pleasure is playing through it multiple times in multiple different ways. It's not, oh, well, I got to the credits and now I'm done with it forever. Yeah, it's a, it's also interesting where they spent their resources. So this is clearly if you, you put this like up close and next to the uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge mm. game that came out. Streets of Rage 4 that came out uh, semi-recently. It's very clear that from a presentational standpoint and from a, like a moment-to-moment look and feel standpoint, those games are much bigger and uh, higher end than this experience is. But I think this game does some very smart things to A, as we've talked about, like change the gameplay experience and like creatively work around the limitations of, oh, you're replaying the same levels a lot in uh, just a really smart way. So yeah, I'm like really quite surprised. I was expecting like, eh, you know, whatever, another beat-em-up, it's fine. 
And I was really surprised to see just how much they were willing to play with that format in like a really cool way. Yeah, and I, I saw some reviews for the game where they were pretty critical of the visuals. And I, I'm not, again, I'm not going to say they're as good as the recent TMNT or Streets of Rage game. But what is, you know, yeah. like that's some of the best pixel art I've seen in forever. Um, and I think this is like perfectly charming. It kind of reminded me of the Scott Pilgrim beat em up. Yeah, that's what I it thought has, too. Like, yeah. Yeah, cutesy take on pixel art. Um, there's just maybe not as much like visual density to it, but what's there is I think fine. Yeah. Um, I think some of the fighting combat animations themselves are, are pretty great. Um, and on top of that, it just feels good on a moment to moment basis. We, we've talked about a lot of the, you know, design mechanics, but the, the, the way that you can clobber multiple people and, and trigger that health thing, like you said, the, the destructible scenery, the screen shake, the frame skipping on like really powerful hits, um, it just feels like moment to moment pleasurable to play, which, you know, I think a game in this genre kind of lives and dies by. Oh, they also, I totally forgot this. You can customize the run based on difficulty. So if you make it like a really tough run, it's much easier to earn those tokens that unlock mm. new content. But if you'll probably die sooner. So if you want to make it an easier run, you'll get fewer tokens, but you'll get deeper into the game. Another like just a fun player-friendly feature that allows you to really customize the experience, which I thought was very smart. Yeah, I'm I'm so glad that you, you flagged this because I would have completely overlooked it. I don't um, even know. I mean, I, I, I have affinity for Double Dragon. Like, I remember playing it on the NES and specifically Double Dragon 2, like, totally blew me away where you could, like, knock people out of a helicopter. So effing cool. So I had like really formative memories playing Double Dragon games, but had very little expectations that like a new one would be good, especially after they kind of shit the bed with Double Dragon 4. But yeah, no, they, they did a really good job. I was really pleased with this one. Yeah, cool. Well, how about we take a break and then we can come back and talk some more about beat-em-ups. Mm. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so... 
you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames, and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we are back and we are going to talk about meetups. I have a bunch of questions that I want to go through with you and build towards what are our top three beat-em-ups oh for each of us. Um, but first, I'm curious from your end, what makes a great beat-em-up now, like in 2023? Because I think what makes a good one has changed quite a bit over the years. Yeah, 100%. I. My tastes in beat-em-ups maybe aren't the most traditional insofar as like what I look for now is some form of like permanence or content unlocking or something that gives what I'm doing a little more meaning. Um, I know, uh, you know, we talked a lot about Double Dragon, which certainly has that, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but like the epitome of this is Castle Crashers where you're unlocking like new characters and leveling them up and unlocking new abilities and weapons and just tons of stuff to chase makes, once again, playing through the same levels over and over again, fun and meaningful because you are constantly like getting new stuff to play with, new toys. Whereas I think the traditional beat-em-up is really just like a quarter sucker that, you know, they tried to just kill you as much as they could to get as much money out of the, out of the arcade as, as they could. And I think they have evolved beyond that. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, what what series or IP would you like to become a beat 'em up? Hmm, that's a good question. You know, it would work really well, but what? I don't know that they would do. Oh, maybe they would. They've they've already gone the XCOM route. A freaking Mario beat 'em up would be super good. Uh, yeah. Like a Mushroom Kingdom beat 'em up would be like really fun um, and silly. And yeah, I mean, uh, there's so much to work with there with the enemies and different abilities and different playable characters. It just, I feel like it would scale so easily. And because of their willingness to like do things like uh, uh, Mario versus Rabbids, it just tells me that like, yeah, maybe they would explore that. I think they are more interested in the Dynasty Warriors type of format yeah i know um, you know they i don't use like that. that for zelda yeah it's it's not as uh appealing to me 
Um, I mean, I, yeah. I could see. Yeah, I guess they've been doing it with Fire Emblem and Zelda, but for Mario, they they haven't gone that route, and it would be very odd if they did. Yeah. Because yeah, there's I, no, like, weapons in Mario, really. I think the trick with, like, a great beat-em-up now, and, and Double Dragon does not meet this this standard, is having lots of recognizable characters. I, I think... What um, about a Bobo? He's there. Yeah, or, or, or if not recognizable, then just great designs, which I think Double Dragon yeah. does have in that. Um, but I look at, you know, the Simpsons arcade or the X-Men arcade games or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all of those, you know, the fun is seeing the, the different characters that you know and love and getting to, you know, pummel them. Um, and then I think the games that are original IP, they just rely on having really, really, really interesting character designs. So you're constantly wanting to see what sort of people are around the corner. Um, so like, when I think of what series are IP, it would need to be something like either thematic or or um, just a massive franchise that would allow for it. I'm kind of surprised that, I mean, I guess the X-Men Ultimate Alliance, is that what it was called? Yeah, but they've done, yeah, they've done X-Men. Yeah, they've, they've done a few of those. Yeah, um, that, yeah, I mean, something that would be more like a just all Marvel characters. I'll tell um, you, it's a shame the the. Well, I guess it's kind of coming back with uh, House of the Dragon, but Game of Thrones would kind of be a dope. Yeah, yeah. That'd no, be that, that, cool. that that's true. I I also think like you can do like themes, like if you know mashups of brands. I'm kind of surprised that you you know um, Warner Brothers they did that fighting game that I actually liked, and now is I don't know what's going on with it. Multiverses, kinda, yeah. Um, but I think like. That sort of thing as a beat em up, honestly, might work even better than a fighting game. Yeah, the, I, I think what's preventing that from happening is I don't know that beat em up from a money making genre standpoint is really that's, yeah. you know, I don't think the draw is there as much as like a competitive Smash Brothers style multiplayer game. So that's yeah, why I, you're not necessarily seeing a ton of these. But I do agree with you that they kind of live and die based on like familiarity of characters. And also, I want to say like a, mo- a modern tenet of these games is game feel and like feeling really good. Whereas if you go back and play most of the old arcade games or Double Dragon or whatever, they tend to feel pretty stiff and rough. But like you play Shredder's Revenge and it's like a dramatic difference to the point where like you really feel like you're making an impact on the world. And I think that's kind of a, a requirement these days. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, is there any any beat-em-up that you would want to change to a new genre? I'm not sure what that means. So, like, if, would you want to make Castle Crashers into a non-beat-em-up genre? Oh, or... sure. I love I love Castle Crashers. Bring that to, like, as many genres as you want. It's so bizarre because The Behemoth, which is the developer of Castle Crashers, made so much money on that game and and, and props to them very easily they could have gone and made a sequel to castle crushers and made a lot more money on top of it and they have not done that and they've kind of gone and made like their own creative i know they did like battle block theater and a number of other games that were like pretty wild and creative but uh yeah i mean i i really love the aesthetic of uh, castle crashers so i'd love to see it in other formats I don't know what they would be. Yeah. But... I, 
Castle Crashers. Well, actually, let, let's let's hop to that that final question of what are your top three beat 'em ups? Because I first up, I, I nominate Castle Crashers, which was one of the original Xbox 360 kind of indie arcade games. Um, you play as adorable little knights, cartoon knights, and you bash around uh, a world full of like terrifying looking monsters and lots of like poop jokes basically mm-hmm. yeah um and it is an absolute delight there's all sorts of little unlocks and critters that follow you around um and was such a great game for that period of multiplayer where more and more people were playing online but also there is still like a great community of playing on the couch i also think like that was peak college gaming for me yeah so I obviously have a, a special place for it. Have you played Castle Crashers with your son? I, I haven't yet. I I remember there being some pretty it's nasty pretty violent stuff in it. <laughs> yeah. So I I not yet, but maybe yeah. maybe. Um, how about you? What what's one of your three? Well, I think the challenge again is like, are we including nostalgia versus like actually playable? No, I think playable? they should really be like good games. Okay. So I, I think TMNT, I mentioned it before, TMNT Shredder's Revenge came out about a year ago. Unquestionably one of the best beat-em-ups ever made. Artistically gorgeous. Uh, Plant mentioned the pixel art. The pixel art is peerlessly good. Uh, feels great to play. Tons of content. Bunch of playable characters. Everyone's like fun and different. And uh, they just did a really, really good job. Yeah, Man, I mean, game rules. what a fantastic game. Um, my next up is Die Hard Arcade. Mm. Did you play this one very much? I did. Yeah. This is the one not... with the, they've got the quick time events, right? The... Yes. Not yeah. to be confused with Die Hard Trilogy. I think okay. it was Die Hard Trilogy Arcade or whatever. That was a console game. But this originally came out in arcades and then, uh, I believe it was on the Sega Saturn. And it was a kind of like a localization of a Japanese game called Dynamite Dika. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Or Dynamite Cop, yeah. And then they brought it over here and like, yeah, we could kind of make it into Die Hard. There's like, there's a tower and a dude in a blue, you know, like jacket punches people. I guess there's not really blue jacket. Wait, he's in not in Hard. a, I thought he's in like a tank top, no? No, at a certain point you do switch to a tank top. They make oh, sure okay. to, you know, really bring it all together. Yeah. Um, But it is... It's, it is kind of my perfect arcade game <laughs> in that when you go to an arcade now in the year 2023, people, they see Mortal Kombat or they see whatever, and then they play it and they're immediately frustrated because the games are like meant to chew quarters from a long time ago. And then they will see Die Hard Arcade and be curious because most people did not play it. And what you'll find is you can kind of stretch your quarters for the first half of this game. There does come a point where it just completely eats your money and if you want to see it to the end you should be prepared to spend probably like five or ten bucks um but that said you can see the ending it doesn't have such a steep final curve where you have to have a certain skill level to beat it 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 kind of wants to have a full playthrough um which i love and i also just love the nostalgia this is where i'm bringing my nostalgia in obviously but like the diehard brand through the lens of this localization is great i mean it is like only comparable to that super nintendo empire strikes back game where darth vader turns into a spider level oh of yeah silliness is um, that silliness or is that maybe the best thing that's ever happened in star wars 
Oh, I think by far, right? In hindsight, yeah. you know, it was all downhill after that. <laughs> um, what What's next for you? Well, this is a retro game, but I, I want to call it out because it was the really one of the first times that I thought a video game managed to capture the source material without feeling like too much of a downgrade. And that was the Simpsons arcade game, which I played a shitload of when I was a kid. It, even though like you look at it, it's like, oh, it's obviously not like one for one with the show. They just spent so much time doing like small nods to the show that uh, it just felt like you were really in the world and uh, really cool levels. I remember there's like a jazz theme level and of those those guys from the Life is Hell co- or cartoons were like running around in like costumes and stuff. And man, uh, I just I just really uh, enjoyed playing that game a lot, and and it still holds up. I've recently played it, and it it is still really fun. But for me, it's mostly just about the visuals, and I just like very clearly remember that cuts the like opening cutscene of Maggie. Does she have a big diamond that yeah, gets yeah, replaced yeah. instead of her uh, pacifier, and then Mister Burns steals her? Man, that's good stuff. It's so good, um, and so cool to play this like very i mean at the time a a good video game based on an ip early 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 in the simpsons lifespan yeah like very very early i you mentioned the life is hell references but like it is referencing stuff that like nobody who started watching the simpsons after the first five seasons um is going to get which is just yeah, it came out weird. in 1991, and The Simpsons premiered, I think, in 89. Yeah, so it's like super early. Yeah, that that's wild. Um, my last one is River City Ransom, which I think we've talked about a couple times on the show over the years. But River City Ransom is an NES game um, that is based off of the I think it's called the Kunio Kun series, um, which has gone on to Plenty of success in Japan. Um, and I think actually inspired or is a branched off Double Dragon, weirdly. No, I mean, that um, makes sense. They're beat-em-ups, but, right? Yeah, but what, what's different about River City Ransom is it's a beat-em-up and kind of a proto-open world game where you can go into shops and you can buy food and you can buy power-ups and they're like characters to see and chat with. And as a kid, this felt wild to me i mean this felt similar to grand theft auto when uh i first played grand theft auto one with the 2d world and then three with the 3d world this is probably the earliest experience i had of oh this is what an open world game can feel like this is definitely definitely me bringing my nostalgia to this one yeah but i think river city ransom still holds up pretty well and if it doesn't for you then i think you should check out river city girls one and two um, and that is also published by Arc System Works and made by Way Forward, who just has been putting out tons of cool um, 2D pixel games, I don't know, for decades at this point. Um, they're probably best known for the Shantae series or Switch Force, um, but they've made all sorts of stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I think they're great. Um, how about you? What's your, what's your final one? My final one is a little game called, I lost the rundown. <laughs> Such suspense. Streets of Rage 4. 
Yeah, you, how could you forget? How could I forget? Uh, I think this game qualifies in the same way that uh, Shredder's Revenge qualifies. This is also a very modern, recently released uh, beat-em-up that just feels so effing good and just brings modern design sensibilities to a genre that like had started feeling pretty stale, but just kind of knocks it out of the park with the various characters and like really cool levels and just just a very smart approach to a genre that I think needed a little love. And um, at this point, like, you know, I remember a few years ago, this is like around the shadow complex time when everyone was like, man, I I wish people made more games like Symphony of the Night and Metroid and there just weren't any. And now you look today and there's like one every other week coming out. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, not that frequency with beat-em-ups, but we are starting to see more and more of these drop. And it's really exciting because I think a lot of people love these. They're a great excuse for couch co-op and just like fucking around with your friends. And these are all fantastic games. Yeah, I, I like your list um, because I, I think that the truth is these games are just so much better now Yeah, than they were. Again, if we're not thinking about the nostalgia of it all and what actually really plays well, these these new games are are really a step above. Yeah. Um, cool. I think that's like a, I think that's a solid list, uh, and kind of a nice, uh, series of recommendations for anybody who's going back to school. If you're going to a college dorm, my gosh, God bless you. Download Honestly, all like of I'm, these. I'm picturing like you set it up in the, in the, whatever it is, the common room. Yeah. And you just like have an extra controller lying there and all someone has to do is press start. That's an instant friend right there. Right you got there. it. We just did it. We just solved friendship. We solved friendship. And and oh you know God. what? If you have X-Men Arcade in there, six friends right there. Boom. <laughs> uh, cool. How about we talk about our recommendations for the week? Okay. Do you ever feel like we need like more of a transition there, like a cute song or something? Hell no. No, you know you wouldn't like like maybe like a little like a little chip tune or like maybe a symphony. I mean, I'm sh- for sure gonna cut out you making beeps and boops, which is horrible <laughs> in my ears. That's fair. For sure, cutting that out. Um, <laughs> tell me about the TV show that you have been telling me about for so long, and I loved the episodes I watched, and I am deeply ashamed that I have not stuck to it. I think I've probably brought this probably in a previous season, but mm-hmm. I've been watching the Righteous Gemstones, which is now in season three. And uh, if you're not familiar, the premise is basically it follows a um, religious family of preachers that are like television preachers that are obviously insanely wealthy from donations from their church and maybe not the most pious of individuals. It's made by Jody Hill and Danny McBride, whose past works were Eastbound and Down and Vice Principals. And... This is maybe my favorite of all of their shows because of the way they've like really developed the um, ensemble cast of like fucking everyone is bringing it. John Goodman is fantastic. Danny McBride and and just like every single component to it. They have amazing guest stars. Uh, Steve Zahn is a a set guest star this season and uh, Walton Goggins plays a recurring character. Man, I'm just like so over the moon happy whenever the show is on because they like never pull punches. It's always like 
the wildest shit imaginable. Eric Andre last season, I don't want to spoil it, but had like the most hilarious I've ever seen in a show. So I guess that is you a spoiler. You spoiled it right there. Sorry. Uh, but it's done all for laughs. And uh, so, uh, yeah. I'm glad that you bleeped that word. I, I did. I did actually bleep it in, yeah. the, in the edit. You didn't hear it, but uh, it was bleeped. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, my my thing, I, I was hesitant to bring this because uh-uh. I'm bringing a movie that's really good, but there are times where I bring something and it is like so art house sounding that I think I worry, I, I worry about judgment. I worry that people hear this and be like, this pretentious asshole. It's not even judgment. It's just like, come on, plant, mix it up a little. But, but this is, it's like mixing it up. I just, I don't know. I'm, I like I'm bringing what I genuinely like and what I think like maybe is not getting enough attention. This is definitely not getting enough attention. So I saw this movie called Earth Mama. Okay. That I didn't know that it's an A24 movie until the movie started. And the, the reason I didn't know is I had like not seen a single trailer or any bit of marketing for this movie. Nothing for it. And I get it after watching it. Tough thing to sell. The premise is extremely sad. And I will say that up front. Extremely sad. It is about a woman on the edge of poverty she has two children that she is trying to get out of child protective services. Um, and she has another child on the way. And it's her deciding whether or not she wants to keep this child or uh, put the child up for adoption. And tough. Very, very tough. The thing, though, is it is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Uh, from the writing, um, from the acting, like Everybody is so compassionate and so incredibly believable and affecting the filmmaking. There's just these gorgeous close-ups. The score is stunning. And as a result, this thing that I think it would be really, really, really hard to like sit down and pay attention to and not just be completely overwhelmed by um, ends up becoming like a really moving experience. And, I think that's that's a really tough needle to thread. I don't know many movies that pull that off. I I think usually when you hear something about this, it it sounds like a tough movie, and it just is a tough movie. Um, I don't know what the deal is with this movie in terms of its complete lack of promotion. Uh, I guess it's getting released alongside uh, Talk to Me, the horror movie that A twenty four put out in theaters. Um, so maybe if your theater is showing both, that's a win-win for folks all around. But yeah, I really, really, really recommend people giving this a look um, because it's a movie that needs, I think, like all the support it can get at this point. Um, though my guess is it will be up on streaming sooner rather than later. And I don't know if this is still going on, but I think, I think A24 has a relationship with, is it Canopy? The library streaming service? Yeah, Canopy. Um, yeah, where they will put things up pretty early on that too. So uh, I would recommend keeping your eyes there to see if it's available. Um, maybe even in the coming weeks because I, I, I would not be surprised if it goes there first. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Okay. Love it. That does sound uh, good. Any Anything else? Do we just recap? I think we can recap it. Oh, no, there is something else. Oh, 
Yeah. You want to mention it? So you might have heard we have a newsletter, besties.fan. Go there. Hit subscribe. Why should you subscribe? Because we have the full list of games and anything else that we talk about on the show with links. So you can just go directly to them. Makes it super easy on you. Don't bury the if, lead. If no, I'm 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 pulling people through it. I'm getting them excited. The we have other. If there's any visuals that we reference in the show, you're gonna see oh that. Oh my there. god, you're and burying then, the and lead. And then you know what else? Yeah, what, what was the other thing? It was something else. Oh, free video games now and then. Including right now, like literally right now, in the newsletter for this episode, there are codes for Double Dragon. And the first uh, seven or eight or however many people uh, are going to get access to this awesome game, thanks to the devs who who uh, sent those over uh, to give to folks via the newsletter. So... A good reason to subscribe is that we try to drop codes in there whenever we can, and it is a first-come, first-served basis. So good reason to keep your eyes peeled. Um, Will they always be dropped uh, when the new newsletters for each episode go out? Uh, No, not necessarily. We might just have one-off newsletters with video game codes. Uh, we'll, We'll keep you posted on how we decide to go about that more in the future. But hey... If you are listening to this like right when the episode goes live, you should go check that newsletter right now because those codes are just sitting there. And if you're listening to this a few days later, I'm sorry, you probably didn't get the codes, but you should go subscribe because then you'll be ready for next time. There will be more. I I promise you that will not be the last time we do code drops in the newsletter. That's true. Yeah, this is already our second one. Um, Yeah. Yep. The the developers uh, have been like very... Helpful in general, it seems like, uh, since we started the newsletter of wanting to do this for the audience, um, which is very kind. And they send them over way before we record these episodes. They don't even know what we're going to say about the games, <laughs> which true. is real, you know, uh, a, a test of faith on their part, which I appreciate. Um, and that's it. How about I recap real quick? We talked about Double Dragon Gaiden, Rise of the Dragons. We also shared each of our three top beat-em-ups. Mine were Castle Crashers, Die Hard Arcade, River City Ransom. Yours were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, Simpsons Arcade, and Streets of Rage 4. I recommended the film Earth Mama, and you recommended the TV show The Righteous Gemstones. Did it. That's it. We did it again. Another episode of The Rusties in the can. From our mouths to your ears, you love to hear it. Hey, I think it's time for us to go, but we have a bunch, a bunch of video games coming out in the coming months. So if you haven't already, you should subscribe to the show. And uh, if you are subscribed, you should leave a kind review at Apple Podcasts because it goes a long way towards helping us. And you should subscribe to us at besties.fan for the newsletter. Until next time, we will see you later. This has been an episode of The Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. Resties. Resties.